Hello and welcome everyone to the Young Adult Christian Podcast. I am your host, Joseph Dronick, and I would like to say at first I apologize. I do not own a microphone. I'm using my laptop's built-in microphone, which should be rectified shortly. I'm just expecting that in the mail. And I just want to say thank you to all who are in right now. I see Tim's in and Shizen. And all right, let's see if we get this started. So um, I just want to clear something up first and foremost, anyone listening now and to whoever will listen later. I am not a pastor. I am not a church leader. I am just someone that's a Christian that would one day love to be a pastor or a church leader. But at this moment, I am not. And I'm just, like I said, I'm just someone that's been there and can relay some advice that can enrich the church, that could enrich especially the young adult community in the church, because I think that's just such an area that is very confused. Like the world says, one do one thing in your early 20s to 30s, and the Word of God says differently. So as you can tell from the title, it's five things that every new Christian should know. And again, I just want to clarify, these are things that I've learned from experience, either that I had, but didn't quite fully understand, or I wish I had. But I'm really blessed in the sense that more of it is from stuff that I had that enriched me than stuff that was to my detriment. So I just want to open us up in a word of prayer, and we'll get this going. And then afterwards, I'm going to add on the callers if anyone sees fit. And all right, so here we go. Heavenly Father, we thank you for technology. We thank you for the word that you gave us, the blood of your son that tore the veil that we have open access to you, Father. Lord, it's not easy. It's actually very difficult especially in the times we live in, when the world seems so against us. So Father, I just ask that this be a glimmer of hope, reassurance, and if anyone is touched by this, either they're a Christian and they're, not, and they're down, or maybe they haven't heard this and they come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, may it be, Father. It's in Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. All right. So without beating around the bush, here's the five things that every new Christian should know. And I just want to say this isn't the end-all, be-all definition. So if anyone has different experiences or maybe just anything, feel free to comment. You can input I actually don't know how this works to listen, so if you can put input a message that you want to share, feel free. And I just want to add in, this is in no particular order. So there, this isn't like, oh, this is more important than this. No, they're all pretty, they're all pretty much on the same level. So the first thing I wanted to tell you that every new Christian should know, the first thing is not all churches are created equal. There are good churches and there are bad churches. I was blessed in the sense I got saved out of. I was a regular attendee of a good church when I lived in New York before I moved to Florida. And then I, now I'm a regular attendee before the coronavirus hit of a very good church in Florida. 
but I've also visited some churches that I've seen podcasts of, I've listened to sermons of, and I wasn't a fan of the preaching. It wasn't from the word of God. And it was, some of it was very feelings based. And we know that the word tells us we can't listen to our hearts for the heart of man is deceivingly wicked. Some of it was very much more to make people feel good, but it was very man-centric. And that's something you really have to look out for. And you'll know from the Bible, make sure they preach straight from the Bible, find a, find a church that's sound, and also find a church that's welcoming. You don't wanna, we were given the gift of the body of Christ not so that we don't have to do this alone. The Christian faith is very, very, very much a social faith. It is foolish of us to think we can do this on our own. And also that is essential. And I do mean essential for growth, to have a sturdy home, to make sure you plant your roots, get involved, do the, don't just go on Sunday mornings. If you can stay a little bit, go. If they have annual Bible studies, go connect that is key connect all right so for number two is be careful what you watch on the internet and i'm especially linking this to sermons the reason why i say that is there is so much false and heretical teaching out there and the obvious ones would be stuff like from the prosperity gospel the I'll even admit this early in my walk, I stumbled upon a YouTube channel that I'm going to remain nameless, but it's a church that's very controversial. And at first, I agreed. I agreed with what was going on. I agreed with what this man said. However, as time went on, I realized that this wasn't a sound doctrine. This wasn't someone that I could even call a Christian. And then as I listened more and more, I was like, I, this, isn't, this isn't the Bible. This isn't what God says. This isn't what God meant. That is absolutely essential. For in Matthew 7, 15, Jesus warns us to be careful of those who dress as sheep, but are secretly wolves. And that does not just mean the sheep. It's even more dangerous when it's a when it's a wolf in shepherd's clothing. The office of pastor is has a very 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 high standard, and I cannot stress that enough. That there's so many people in the pulpit today that should not be. I actually sit and wonder when I listen to them whether they're teaching a false doctrine, whether they're not doing it in love, really take your pick. I can't help but wonder why, how did they get ordained? Did they get ordained? And I, at the end, pray for them. I'm not saying don't, but that's something that's really concerning. And it's so easy to get caught up in it because there's so much information out there. And especially when you're a new Christian, you don't have that foundation to distinguish what's good teaching, what's bad teaching. So that is absolutely key. All right, the third point, I this is something I learned the hard way. And when I open up to callers, I wanna get their opinion on this. Do not expect to be popular. 
when I was new to the faith, I knew why Jesus died. I knew the promises he made, and I knew these promises were true. And I knew that I had to be ministered to a certain way, that I had people share the gospel, and I just want to share with everyone. It's like, oh, everyone, everyone's going to love this. How could they not love this? It's everlasting life. And I was faced with so much just animosity, so much. I lost friends. I've been made fun of sometimes for, I've even been, I wouldn't say made fun of, but definitely attacked in some way, whether that be for belief in the creation narrative in Genesis 1, the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. Take your pick, really. I really don't know why. I mean, I do know why, because if the world hated Jesus first, it's going to hate us because we're walking out the faith. Where, when we come to Christ, one of the very first things is we're going to hate sin. And that's going to put a lot of people off. And of course, I'm not saying it's going to put everyone off. I'm not saying don't be disrespectful. Don't be respectful. We are called to be respectful to everybody we meet. However, don't think that is going to be given in return. Maybe by some, but definitely not by all. But remember, Jesus said, blessed are those when you are despised in my name. Rejoice for your reward will be great in heaven. That's Luke 6, 22 through 23. I don't have it in front of me, but so that's a abbreviated version of what it said. So now the fourth thing is read the Bible cover to cover, at least in the first year. This is key, and this is essential because that's God's word. And that's how we grow to learn about God. That's how we learn. That's how we affirm the truths. That's how we grow. And I'd recommend to read through the entire Bible at least, at least once a year. And the advice I'd give is... Find a good translation. My personal favorites are the New King James, the ESV, and the NASB. Those are the versions I have read tremendously. I've read them at great length. I, my preferred translation is the New King James. And as a matter of fact, there are, I think there's way too many English translations, but I don't think all of them are inherently terrible. Those are just the three I'd go with. The only one I'd say to avoid is really the message, but I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole other topic altogether. And I made this mistake. Don't just start with Genesis. When I read the Bible for the first time, I decided to read it like it was any other book, beginning to end, first chapter to last chapter. This can throw you off and the goal isn't to learn so much about the creation narrative you which is true you should learn that but you should learn more about who Christ is why he came his purpose for he, coming here and how that ties in to the old testament so that's why i'd recommend starting in the book of john two chapters a day of the book of john and then two chapters of the book of genesis and it's funny, I didn't notice this until I visited a church back in December. 
and it, I'd read through these a couple times already, where they compared the first chapter of Genesis, the very first, the very first line of Genesis is in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. John chapter one, verse one is in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The Greek word for word, and you'll notice it's capitalized, is logos. And that's the living word. It's Christ. The living word of God is Jesus Christ. And when you compare that to John chapter 1, things, it really sinks together. So I'd recommend that. That's how I do my yearly Bible study every year. And every time you do it, maybe things will notice something maybe you'll notice something more maybe something didn't stick out to you one time and then you read it again and you're like oh my gosh how didn't i see this so that's why i say be in the bible daily all right the very very last thing i can tell you is you will not be the same ever again like I said before, the love of Christ means the hatred of sin. The hatred of sin means that you're going to be slowly putting off the old you, the things that you used to be. Certain habits, like hobbies or whatever, maybe they won't feel right. Maybe some, some songs won't sound right. Some movies won't look right you'll notice a change, and some of it won't be right away. It's, a process, it's the process of sanctification. Justification happens instantly upon uh, believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Sanctification is a process. That is the process of becoming more and more like Christ. Don't be afraid of that. It's going to cost you everything it could end up destroying relationships almost beyond repair and i'm not saying up and walk away i'm not saying don't pray for these people but nothing will be different you might look the same you might have the same accent whatever but you will not be the same for it's no longer you that lives but christ All right, so now that that's the list, um, let's take a look. I'm trying to add some people on for the call-ins. Hold on one moment. I know Shy and Dylan were added on. I sent you the emails. Um, do you guys have the input message bar on the bo bottom here? Can someone just write something there if they have any questions, comments? I'm going to try to get them on as quickly as I can. I'm new to this just like everybody. But at the end of this, I just want to say that this is stuff that I've learned. And I really think that it's beneficial for every new Christian to know that we all shouldn't be afraid of this, that it's, and also, Oh, Dylan would like to call in. All right, we're joining us now is Dylan Morris. 
All right. All right, Dylan, can you? I don't know how, how any, any of this is working, so. All right, I, I, I can hear you. I can hear you, man, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. All right, so Dylan, welcome to the show. So, hold on, I'm just gonna. I have no idea what I'm doing. Hey, you know what, if any pieces, just any pieces of advice, any comments on what you heard from the show? Anything at all? Anything? What'd you say? I liked everything. I liked everything that, that you said. That's pretty. That's pretty much all, all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't really thanks. have anything else to add to it. <laughs> thanks. Well, well, you know what? It's either way. It's good to have someone on to talk to. It's not gonna lie. It's kind of weird getting on here and talking to yourself. Yeah. All right, I'm actually going to try to add uh, Shy back on because I know she wanted to get on. So let me try to add her. Give me one second. Shy, if you're on, give me, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm resending it, you the link. All right, Shai, I sent you the email link. Oh, we got a, we got, I love how God reveals his word in different, in different seasons of our Sorry, lives. So yeah, you're live, man. Hey, yeah, we're not, we're not taking you out. I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, Dorothy Guerrero is huh? an old teacher of mine. She's a born <laughs> in the, one of, one of our uh, audience sent, uh, added something to the chat. I love how God reveals his word at different times and seasons in our lives when we are ready to receive them. I could not agree with that more. Now, I don't know about you, Dylan, but there are times when I read through the Bible and, you know, maybe the Psalms stick out to me. Maybe the creation narrative sticks out to me. And then Job, whatever. Right now, I'm actually trying to study like the lesser, the less popular books that would, you know, i.e. Yeah. Ezra, the Pro Jeremiah, which aren't the books that people talk about, but are so essential to the faith, that are so, mm -hmm. that are just so important to the narrative of Christ, whether that be to the genealogy, whether that to be, or heck, even the Psalms, like how the comfort, there are sometimes when you need comfort, like when you read Psalm, I believe it's Psalm 10, when it talks about God striking down your enemies and protecting you, there are some times like you feel like the world's around you and then like everyone surrounding at you pointing the finger and then here's here's the psalm saying no god's on your side he's your protector he's your defender so you know i gotta ask you how about judges that book is hard have you tried leviticus yeah no kidding about leviticus I you mean, know what hard, but leviticus leviticus that was that was nothing but uh, rules about offerings and this, that, and the other, and I just got completely caught off guard every single time. Yeah, judges. Because, no, no, we don't. We don't really offer those kind of offerings anymore. So, kind of reading about what they had to had to do for Christ for uh, God's forgiveness and everything that, that always caught me off guard because we don't. That doesn't really truly in effect apply to modern day society. 
Yeah, that's that's true. And it's also thankful for that to God that we don't have to do this. But I will say this about Judges. I remember more from Leviticus than I do from Judges. The only thing I really have firm in my mind from Judges is the story of Samson and Delilah. But I think that's because that's a story that's just so ingrained in people's minds. It's one of the more quote-unquote popular stories. Wait. On it. Oh, Sh Cheyenne Kroger is now on the call. Cheyenne, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Dylan, can you hear? Yep, I can hear her perfectly. All right, so hey, uh, Cheyenne, what'd you say? Yeah, this is going This is going really great. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. I think you're doing, um, those are some really like great five tips and definitely um, some uh, good discussion of scripture. I did have a question actually about your first tip. What's that? So with you, like your uh, not all churches being created equal. Um, yeah. What what do you think are like some good hallmarks of finding like that good church? Because if you're a new Christian, you might not know right away. So what are some right. things that you would say are good to look yeah. for? Well, the first thing I would say is, in, especially when a new believer, let's say you've only read a few passages of scripture or whatever right the first thing i'd say you go walk in when you walk into the church and it's a welcoming environment and i'm not saying like get along with everyone because let's face it even in church my church back in new york and my church here there are people i get along with more than others that's just life that's just being human so make sure it's a friendly atmosphere that they're willing to teach you that they won't get aggravated at your lack of knowledge because ignorance can be cured and to sort of not be afraid to hold on to you as they, as your training wheels start to come off on your bicycle. That's one of the things I'd look for. And then I, first and foremost is, now not all churches have this and for structural reasons or whatever, but if there's a pew Bible, read it along. And I believe that if there is something not right with the teaching, and I just want to add in, there are secondary issues and then there's stuff that really matters that I would consider heretical, like the issues that I think we should be ready to go to war over, die over, is the divinity of Jesus, the Trinity, sanctification, justification, eh, justification by faith alone are all things we must hold on to. But there are secondary issues, like with the worship service, like I know a Presbyterian through infant baptism, but don't automatically just hold on to the basics first. Hold on to what the Word of God's teaching, and I believe that God will reveal if something's wrong in terms of the teaching to leave. Yeah, no, great. Thank you. You're welcome. Closed hand issues versus open hand issues. Yes, that is very true. Um, I don't know who LWS app is, but uh, send gift times one. I don't know what that means. Does it... <laughs> um, so is there anything else? Maybe you guys want to share stories from when you were a new believer, maybe other shortcomings that you had that maybe I didn't. And I also want to add in, I'm not going to get into every shortcoming and every struggle I had as a new Christian in on this podcast. That would just be impossible. But I yes, brought you guys on, so I just want to add in. Yeah, so if there's anything that maybe just sticks out in your mind, Let's, let's throw it in. 
Well, this, this doesn't really maybe... apply to being a new new group. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, sorry. There's a little bit of a lag. You go. Okay. Uh, I I think the number one thing, at, not necessarily as a new Christian, but sometime along my my Christian path to become the person I am today is all the suicide attempts and overcoming depression, realizing who God truly was as a loving father and everything, and not relying on friends and, fa and family and life, life or circumstances to make me happy and everything. I think that's my, that was my biggest struggle and something I had to overcome. Man. Thank you for revealing that with us, man, especially being vulnerable in front of everyone watching now and will be watching later. That's That takes courage. Yeah, and I think especially is, you know, that's something that I think, can, you know, speaks to a lot of people, especially kind of relating back to, Joe, your earlier point about the prosperity gospel is, you know, a lot of the times, you know, that's kind of your more accessible, um, you know, Christian, quote unquote, representation in the media. But the reality is a lot of people do struggle um, with, you know, either mental illness or with fear of God. And so I, I really appreciate you sharing that, Dylan, because um, that's a really important thing to come to, to grow to know God as, and that doesn't happen right away. And even a lot of the times when you first become a Christian, there is a little bit of that fear factor of, oh, wow, you know, I just realized I was a sinner. So like, you know, you're yeah. thinking about hell. So like, you know, realizing yeah. that fatherhood of God, you know, that yeah. I think is a journey in of itself. Right. And I also want to add in, go ahead, Joe, sorry. <laughs> No, no, it's just a quick point. I think the clear difference between religion and the gospel is religion is much more like, oh, I messed up. I can't, I need to hide this from my dad. Whereas the gospel is more, oh man, I messed up. I got to call my dad. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying, Dylan, I'm that's, sorry. That's pretty, much what I was, that's pretty much what I was about to say is, uh, I think, I think my number one struggle as a, for, as a newborn Christian and everything was because I had grown up with where you're learning right from wrong and everything. And you're growing up lear learning about heaven versus hell. You don't you don't really know, know the con concept of God's forgiveness, and to, or at least to that extent, anyway, and His grace and mercy and everything. So, as a newborn Christian at 11 years old, I, I I was thinking that that if I did not live a perfect life like Christ Himself, then I was going to go to hell. Well, sorry, sorry, Dylan, for, former Dylan, anyway. If if that's the case, then it doesn't matter who you are. If you're not Jesus, then you're going to hell regardless. Right. <laughs> if if that's going to be the case. But, but in that defense, though, I think every one of us would want to go back and smack some sense into our younger selves. Exactly. Yes. I mean, yeah, I think that's kind of the universal human experience, which is part of the reason that we like to hide our yearbook so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, my yearbook photo looks nice, but the man behind it wasn't. <laughs> Same with me. But, well, e e either way, it doesn't really matter what yearbook you're talking about outside of my senior year. Every, every single one of mine look, looked ugly, but the men on the inside was way uglier, especially when we're talking 2013 and 2016 time period. Because you know, where I was going with, with my, yeah, where I was going with my earlier statement is between between those, those years, 2013 and 2016, I had lost numerous friends to suicide, and 2017, I lost my most recent to, to murder, and so pretty much six, six suicide attempts and. Pretty much, I guess you could say that the old suicidal psych psychopathic me, me is no longer here. Man. 
Wow. Almost yeah, like that. Sure that. Yeah, almost sounds like baptism by fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, one topic I actually want to run this by you guys is I think, well, Shai, I know relatively most of your family are believers, and Dilna, I think we might see more eye to eye on this is the fact of being the only saved person in our families, especially in the early days. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, not like I don't think most people know how to handle it. I, to this day, I don't even think I do. Yeah, I think one thing that um, uh, comes, comes to mind immediately, because, you know, there's a lot of feelings that go with that. Um, mm -hmm. And you want to kind of parse out, you, you know, you want to evaluate yourself and parse out, okay, like, where is this feeling coming from? And like, how can I express that in a healthy way? Because, you know, you're, you're naturally, you know, rightly concerned for your family. Um, and, you know, sometimes that comes out very lovingly. Sometimes that comes out, can, can potentially come out in these really desperate conversations where, you know, it ends in crying in both parts, um, where you say, you know, I just don't want you to go to hell. Um, I've had a few of those, um, and not really the best conversations in the end, not really, um, you know, the, the best witness, <laughs> I would say, um. So I think one of the things that I think is just important to remember is, you know, um, you can't kind of come into your family all like hot and like, oh, you know, I'm just going to like lay down this and God's going to, you know, got to save everybody and, uh, you know, even come in kind of with this persecution mindset. Because I know for me, you know, there, like there really was like some stuff that happened in my life where, um, that, like I did suffer because of my faith, but a lot of the times you kind of come, you can come in with that mindset where you're already expecting rejection. You're a little on the defensive, and when that comes to through family with these people who have known you all your life, with these different personalities and people who know how to push each other's buttons and know all of your life, you know, BC, AD, whatever, um, that's not going to work out. So definitely, like, evaluate your motives, kind of coming in. Pray a lot. Pray, I think, um, you know, for, like, first of all, first and foremost. Um, and just kind of be, still be real with your family, because at the end of the day, they're your family. And if you're going to try and put on airs either to try and win them for Christ or, you know, for some other reason, it's not going to work. Amen. I don't have anything to add to that other than you're right. I think it's really hard to go into because at the same point, sometimes I feel like just in the world, really people, when they do these, when they do certain things, like they, when they blaspheme, when they openly sin, I get angry because it's like, I know, I know how holy God is. I know how, I know the price he paid. And at the same time, that you see someone acting a certain way and that's almost like stamping on the cross but it's very much we have to keep that in check because we if we're not doing this in love it's it's a resounding gong or the jangling of keys depending on your translation yeah definitely and i you know i think you know keeping that love at the forefront because um, i think you know that love balance with the truth that can kind of um you know, that, that, that can balance, because sometimes even as zealous as we can be for the truth, 
we can kind of get into this self-righteous pattern where because you are naturally yeah. upset because you know somebody's doing injustice to God or harming the truth you should naturally be upset but then sometimes you can go to the other extreme where I am righteously indignant and then you kind of go into this territory where you know it goes from righteous actual righteous indignation to now it's kind of a spiritual pride area so Amen. that love that love is you know like that like you're saying that's really first and foremost right yeah. and i also want to add in the difficult sorry no no dylan you go i was going to say was the guy that i that i found on youtube and i found him by agreeing with him i'm not going to say this but dylan me and you have talked talked about him at length this guy's so angry he kicks the pulpit oh my gosh yeah, <laughs> he gets on the pulpit and points at his crowd. I'm like, dude, what seminary did you come from? Go back. For yeah, real. maybe For pointing real. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but all I was going to say is that uh, some, sometimes I, I find it hard to to go, go towards my family in moderation, like not too far to one extreme or the other. And so sometimes whenever I, I, catch, I catch myself and what I'm saying, I just have to back away before I go back. And, right. I, and I have that quite often. I've gotten to the point where I'm kind of debating on just, just giving up. But then again, if, if, it's not, if it's not for me, then they might be going to hell when they die. Is that worth giving up for? I don't think so. So I'm going to continue on even if it takes me 10 years to get, to get it through. Amen. Yeah, I think one of the things that, you know, at least has helped me in like the last few years is realizing, you know, it's, you know, I'm just the messenger, you know, the Holy Spirit's the one that's mm -hmm. doing all of the work. So, you know, if, you know, somebody rejects something, that's not, you know, that's not on me. And maybe too, you know, because even in the Gospels, it talks about some plant the seed, some water, you know, using that prudence to know, okay, does this seem like a planting situation? Does this seem like a watering situation? Or is this a pearls before swine situation? We got to wait a little. Right. You know what, Shai, I just want to ask you while we're here, do you think there's any way directly to assess what situation it is? Or do you think you just have to walk in faith at that moment? Well, I think to, first thinking, um, what kind of conversations have you had before? Um, cause that will kind of like determine a little bit where you can go. Um, cause if there's like common foundation or things that you've discussed, you know, you might naturally be making some progress there. So that's, you know, that's what, if it's the first time ever, um, then, you know, it might be a planting seed situation, but if the person does seem to be kind of like more mocking, like I know there's a few times that I've uh, started a conversation that I really shouldn't have. And I knew off the bat, I shouldn't have, but I felt, no, I need to say something. Um, but in reality, the person, you know, I'll just give an example. Um, I was talking about salvation. It was more of an insular kind of Christian to Christian conversation. Um, but, you know, the, a, a non-Christian person was present and they kind of came in and, you know, said something completely, you know, started talking about something completely different. And I think it was like the existence of God, basically like prove it. Now, I think for me, looking back now, that's a very clear, you know, that was a very clear situation where this person's not really interested in hearing the truth. They're more interested in starting an argument. Right. Um, and maybe, you know, and maybe, you know, if you're not entirely, maybe you're looking at a situation, you know, of your own and you're not entirely sure which is which, it might be helpful to, to, to ask, 
you know, just, you know, straight out, are you interested in having a discussion on this? Because, right. you know, right. I think that's a really good indication because if the person says, you know, no, I'm, you know, maybe, you know, they're kind of a little bit more mocking about it or whatever, um, you know, that's an indication that you could say whatever you want, but they're still on this mocking, you know, path. And Proverbs talks about that a lot. You know, if a person's overtly more geared toward mockery, you're probably not going to make a lot of, a lot of headway. Amen. And I also want to add on to that because we, I think as a church, we don't take the first chapter of 1 Corinthians seriously or as seriously as we should, where the gospel, where it says the gospel of salvation is foolishness to those who are perishing. Yeah. And it's funny because the word for foolishness in the Greek is actually the root word for moron. Yeah. So it's almost saying it's moronic. But My CSE so, Bible actually, actually points that out real, real clear. Oh, it does? In the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew, oh, I, anyway. It actually states the word moron. Oh, wow. See, I never read the CSB, so I don't know. I The only things I know are from when you read a Bible study. CSB is definitely my, my favorite. Like, it's not as accurate as the KJV or even the NKJV, but it portrays the thought, the thought for thought process a little bit more clearly to the point where I can understand it. Like, the way I like I to read it. my Bible is com comparison read, pretty much. I feel you, man. I mean, I got... Pretty much one for the accuracy and the other for the actual thought for thought, like what is actually going on here. Right. I mean, look, I like I said, Bible translations, as long as they're accurate and they're good and you can understand it, that's that's great. I love the New King James, but the, but I'm also open to all the other translations except the message. Yeah, you're a fun paraphrase there. Yeah. <laughs> Devotional tool, maybe not not really a good scripture. Really exactly. <laughs> But it's funny, I actually want to add something on here. When I first got saved, there were two times that um, that I got, that I remember clearly in my head of, you know, just talking to someone. And I was just hanging out with friends, and I just tell them, and all I did was tell them I, I converted, because I hadn't seen them in a while. So the only thing I said was, I converted. I wasn't trying to share the gospel. All I said was, I converted. And then someone comes to me, and they're saying, like, well, you know, the Earth's like 4.6 billion years old and the creation narrative is debunked and whatever. And, of course, now I know. First off, now I know that the Greek, that the word in Hebrew for day that's used for day is also interchangeable with eon yeah. or era. So I don't know exactly where I fall on the old Earth, new Earth creation issue. But I def but like I said, I just firmly believe the creation narrative because that's essential to that. That's essential to the whole redemption story. Yeah, and, and I then, think it's interesting, you know, that... Sorry, sorry. No, and then there was another time where I was converted for a while, and then someone is openly, right, openly, like, talking to me and about, like, oh, how it's disproven, how it's this, it's that, and then even brought back to the abortion issue because... I'm very pro. I'm very pro-life, and this person was very pro-choice, and it was just. And you, I could just tell after a while that not only did they have no interest in what I was saying, they had no interest in molding and at least hearing me out. But they then, when someone else joined, they they kind of indirectly mocked me when the other person showed up in front of me. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the other other day is the little conversation between me and another pro choicer. Yeah, that's a very that's all all, all that all that went all that happened was uh pretty much I twisted their own words back back on them because obviously a famous a very famous probably the top number one argument from the pro choice side is my body my choice. Well, they were asking why 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 aren't I wearing my mask properly and and after a few back and forth and 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 everything. I, I just pretty much stopped stopped there in their tracks and said, "Hey, it's my body. It's there. It's there for my choice, right? Are you trying to violate my body bodily autonomy now? <laughs> probably not the probably not the way I should have handled that, but it, it stopped them. <laughs> they just moved away after that. I mean, it's a good laugh, but <laughs> still probably not the best way for me to handle that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not agreeing with the me- with the method, but it's, it made me laugh. <laughs> Which um, I, I want to tackle that issue in a different episode. I, w- I would actually like to make this weekly, whether you guys come on or not. If it, the more I want to get as many people on as possible, so you're more than welcome to. I'm not ending the show right now, but it, I must say it's really it's a real blessing to have you guys on here and just to go through these issues and get more in depth than I could by myself. So I want to thank you guys for that. Yeah, thank you for having us on. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I'm really excited uh, for a different podcast going forward. Uh, I think this was a really great way to start it too, because um, you know we've all kind of had that part of our of our lives. You know, be it you know if you're a convert uh, or if you know you've been a Christian, you know, quote unquote, your whole life. You know, there's still a part where you start to get a little bit more serious, and I think these issues really, the things that you're talking to, really speak to that. So. So you know what? I want to ask a question for both of you guys. When would you, how far into your walk would you say? Of course, we're still learning every day. We should always be teachable. How far into your walk were you when you could say, you know, when you were confident in it? When you weren't so much having these struggles? You were still having struggles, of course, we all do, but you were fir- You felt firmly rooted. <laughs> So, so I got I got saved uh, J- July of 2009, but I didn't feel truly that that serious until I started uh, le- learning about the Mormon faith and everything, and started started to get get into their, their faith. And they almost trapped me with with their why I like to call it ear candy because it sounds so good that it just might be true, and well, it's not even theologically accurate to begin with. But uh, I'll, I'll say when I first got serious and started actually truly delving into to Christianity as a religion, as a relationship with with God through Christ Jesus. And all of that would be spring 2018. All right. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, for me personally, uh, I don't know if I've gotten to a point where I'd say I'm absolutely confident. Um, I know there was definitely a market change, um, I guess, starting the summer of 2017. Um, I started, you know, this was, you know, post-college, post-Christian college fund. And, uh I started doing a lot of, you know, research uh, about church history um, and, you know, learning more about what the early Christians believed and kind of adopting more, I I guess, like kind of adopting more practices that were consistent with the early church. And I've actually just kind of naturally found like there's a lot of wisdom in that. Um, So like I started to fast more, um, you know, a a regular prayer rule became kind of a lot easier. Um, 
And I think for, you know, for me, I just noticed like my, my spiritual life really took off in a lot of ways, uh, just like a lot more self-discipline, uh, self-control. Um, not that everything faded away, but there were a lot of issues that started to becoming a little bit more less of issues, um, you know, for me. And um, mm-hmm. I think that was kind of a big game changer for me. I would say probably just the self-control component, because once you have like that self-control in there, you know, when you're consistently doing that Bible reading, that praying, when you can say firmly no to sin and, you know, just kind of ignore it, not like you ignore its presence, but say, okay, yeah, I recognize a temptation, but I'm just not going to give it any thought anymore. You know, I'm not going to think about engaging in it. Uh, I think that was probably a big game changer for me. Amen. So sort of like a back to basics, you'd say. Uh, in some ways, because, you know, there's like a lot of foundation there already, but like um, you not being afraid to look and I, I know as, you know, as, as Protestants, we can be a little wary about the tradition word, um, but not being kind of afraid to, to look at, you know, what were the traditions that the early Christians held to and, and what was wise about that. Um, and I think, you know, kind of emulating, you know, people who are older and wiser than me in the faith, that was a big help. Right. Amen. See, I felt like step, if you remember the steps, like step four was something I really had to grasp before I could firm, before I could literally just plant my feet. Because, you know, I'm not getting into too much detail, but there were certain things like in the way and I was concerned about, you know, what the wrong people thought. And in turn, it caused some headaches. So I'd really say probably the beginning of 2018 is when I was, I felt, started feeling like really confident in the Bible's the Word of God, where I stand with my knowledge on it. I'm not saying that I know everything. I'm not saying that, but I felt like I know I, I grasp the essentials of the faith. And what kind of would you say was like a little bit different from kind of you know prior where like what what's was there anything that really like solidified that for you over time? Um, I'm gonna be as honest as as Dylan was. I, when I got saved, I got saved in the summer of August of 2016. I was in a relationship with someone. And of course, this being a relationship that started in sin, there were certain boundaries that were crossed. That should have not been crossed, but because I wasn't saved, they were. And in turn, and the person, when I got saved, they seemed on board for a little bit until certain things transpired. And then I realized that I didn't want to have one foot in, one foot out. I wanted to be all in. And it took me a while to let go. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Um, Because I think a lot of us have had that experience. Like, I know even um, though most of my quote-unquote relationships happened, you know, after I became a Christian. I think that's uh, still definitely something that uh, is a concern for a lot of people. So I appreciate you sharing that there. Thanks. And uh, maybe I want to, I don't have an episode planned for this, but I definitely would want to tackle Christian dating versus worldly dating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that would definitely be helpful. That gave me the chills. (laughs) Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think the reason why I gave you the shows is because I, I, 
come into the into dating with the Christian mindset, only to learn that most of us are not entirely Christian like I thought they were to begin with. And Joe, you, you know this. All of my relationships have ended right. up cheating, disloyalty. And right. well, it's got me onto the downside of other other factors I won't go into too much detail about. But uh, ultimately, I just I, I choose the best friends that I can get. Like I don't think you can get any better than what I have chosen and everything. But as far as girls that I choose to date, I choose the worst of the worst. And I just don't see how that really works out. But I guess that's when the worldly desires counter counteract and cross lines with the godly desires. Man, well, you know what? That is something that I think we all struggle with is because especially, like I said, being young adults, being in our early to mid-20s, there is sort of like this two versions of us. There's the one that wants to go out, have fun, do what the world says we should be doing, and then there's the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Yep. And I think that's something we, I think we could all speak to. I think it's something that we should all affirm, especially on the next show. And I just want to say, um, hi, Kelly McGlynn and uh, Dorothy Guerrero. Thank you for these comments. That is that's 100% true. And that will most likely be the, the uh, topic of discussion for the next episode. Um, for people who joined in late, Oh, oh, it finally got in. I know some people were having a hard time getting in. I know this is a brand new medium for most people, but would you guys mind if I share the list for people that have just joined? Oh, go for it. Go ahead. All right, so the five things for people that just joined and missed the beginning that I think every new Christian should know is number one is not all churches being created equal, how you must find a good sound, biblically pre preaching the Bible, and a welcoming environment that is essential to growth, to doctrine, and get involved. Number two would be to be careful what you watch on the internet, especially when it comes to sermons, because there's a lot of wolves out there. And when you are out on the internet, you're basically in the jungle when everything wants to kill you. Like there are flowers that look pretty, but you touch them and they prick you, you die. Number three, do not expect to be popular because the world hated Jesus first. And when we follow him, they'll turn to hate us. And there have been times where we said earlier how we were sort of mocked and ridiculed and lost friendships because of this, but don't be afraid of it. Because in Luke 6, 22 through 23, Jesus tells us to rejoice for the persecution we receive in, for his sake, for our reward will be great in heaven. And the last thing I said was, you will not be the same because in your growing of love for Christ, you will grow in your hatred for sin. And then the old you will fall off and the new you will come to be. So those are the five points, and uh, and that was the root of this podcast. And then earlier we discussed the just the ins and outs and different experiences we've had, especially in our early walk. And I can't thank uh, Dylan and Cheyenne enough for coming on. Um, think this is a good place to end it, guys? Yeah, I think so. All right, and I just want to say um, thank you to everyone who watched. 
even if you got in late, I'm just happy you are here. The video, I will be posting this on YouTube at some point, so it will be there for you to watch. I don't know if you'll be able to watch it off Podbean, but I don't see why not. You could watch every other, like I could rewatch re old Apology or Radio from how many years ago. So I think you should, you'll still be able to watch this, but just in case, I'm going to share it on YouTube so that way it's just easier access. So I just want to thank you guys for coming in. Thank you all who watched. I don't know how if how many people who came on are still on, but I just want to say thank you. May God bless you. I hope you were edified in your Christian walk. Um, Dylan and Cheyenne, I just want to say thank you for coming on again. And it's been a blessing to talk to you guys. And I, I want to try to make this as, an, as regular as possible. So if you guys would want to come in for the next episode, of course, which we'll talk more and more over the week, if that would be even within the realm of possibility, I'm not locking you into in, I'm not locking you into it now. I'm just saying I think it'd be cool, and we'll talk about it as time goes on. Okay, yeah, yeah, and I'm looking forward to future episodes because this has been uh, really fun, and uh, you're a great host. So, oh, whether, you know, I'm yeah, whether I'm talking or listening, it works out. <laughs> You know what, I'm just going to actually give like uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite passages of scripture to end us off before we close out in prayer. And may this uh, edify everyone who's listening right now and especially going forward in this world that's becoming more and more unchristian. I want you to have, if you have a Bible in front of you, to turn to Romans 8.11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Remember, it is not by our strength, but his strength. And uh, you know what, Shai, would you like to close us out in prayer? Uh, sure. All right. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today's uh, podcast. Uh, I hope that this is the first of many more good things to come, Lord. Uh, I just pray that you would uh, help Joe in all of his endeavors. Uh, I thank you for his heart uh, and for his willingness to share his insights and experiences. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit would guide him in that uh, and that you would really edify your body through uh, his words, Lord. Uh, I pray a blessing over everyone who listened today, and uh, just thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So yet again, guys, thank you for joining in, and thank you for watching. This has been the Young Adult Christian Podcast. I hope you have a blessed day. Till next time.